Hello and welcome to Living Stones, a podcast of conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church, highlighting the victories and struggles, the snapshots and stories of the people sitting right next to you, theoretically, eventually, on Sunday morning. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church, once upon a time and someday soon again, we all hope. My co-host today is Matt Gibson, our pastor of young adults and one of two pastors, along with Jake Ah, oh, Jerry, as he told me it's pronounced last time, uh, who will soon be working to start a new church in West Mesa called Garden City Church. Uh, I'm going to skip the dumb, weird question I usually ask you at this point, Matt, and uh, and just ask, uh, what's the next step for you guys, and how has COVID-19 potentially affected plans, and uh, how can we be praying, all, all that stuff? So first, what's the next step for you guys? Yeah, thanks, Peter. Um, thanks for having me. Um, well, it's it's been a season of of prayer and listening and seeking counsel. We've as the elders of Garden City, myself and Jake, and then uh, our elders at Red Mountain, and and a handful of other people. We seek for wisdom and counsel. Uh, we all felt and and agreed that in the world's wisdom, this would be a dumb time to plant a church. And in the mm. economy of God and His kingdom, it's the best time. We're seeing people listen for the Spirit and repent of sin, and mm. so. Uh, our core team, uh, we have a handful of families and singles that are joining us. They're all ready and willing and ready and uh, don't want to stop and, and don't want to um, postpone, I guess is the right word. And so we feel that uh, we're moving forward. So May 3rd will be our first Sunday together. It will be over Zoom, which is wow. interesting. Uh, it'll be a part of our history and story. Um, it is not what we desired or longed for, but... Um, what we actually long and desire for is Jesus and the Spirit doing great work, and He is. So we're going to be gathering on the 3rd of May. Um, it has affected us in some ways, but in other ways it hasn't, to your question, second part of your question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had some uh, supporters financially uh, just say, hey, I'm, I'm here no matter what. I, we've had some others that have uh, shown a little bit of hesitancy, but but really feel like the Spirit's leading them to continue to give. And so mm-hmm. over over... In that sense, it's been um, a good opportunity for us to continue to pay attention and listen for the Lord and to be reminded of how He is in control and He knows what He's doing and mm. we don't. So um, we're excited. We're excited to, for May 3rd to meet and then uh, our gospel community that meets midweek is uh, we'll be meeting in the, mid, the midweek of, of, of the 4th, the week of the 4th. So we are excited and nervous and all those things. Yeah. So how can we all be praying for you guys and for Garden City Church? Yeah, um, uh, many things, but I would say if I had to pick one, just that we'd be a continuation of faithfulness. We've uh, everyone that's joining are are committed followers of Jesus, seeking to be an apprentice under Him and to learn His ways. And uh, we're hoping that this first year would be a, a season of growth in our DNA as a church that would affect our uh, long story and that God would be the center of our story and that we not just be a church that knows facts about him, but, but follows the ways of Jesus. And so, um, that takes, uh, first the spirit working, but then it takes humans co-laboring with the spirit to, hmm. to do that work. And so, yeah. uh, pray that we're faithful uh, to listen for his voice and to, to respond in obedience. Hmm. Um, well, now we are going to ask some kind of a light, weird, dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not a dumb question, but it's pretty It's pretty light. This is the poll segment over at rmcchurch.org slash podcast. 
where every month we put up some kind of thing that you can interact with with the social medias because the cool kids like that. So there it is for you. And our question this month was true or false, cold leftover pizza is actually gross. And we had uh, reportedly an overwhelming number of people say false. Brooklyn Meeker said false. Cold pizza for breakfast is straight gourmet. Sid Jacobs said, if you're hungry, it doesn't make any difference. Think as if you're homeless, which I think is a good grounding point. Mm. Becca Dorsett said, uh, false, but pop it in the air fryer and it is perfection, which has me thinking now because we got an air fryer a number of months ago and it's not been getting a a really good workout in our house. So I'll have to keep that in mind. Andrew Mm. Lund says, uh, pizza is always good. Fresh, reheated, cold, even stale. So many unique flavors to enjoy. Sideways smile with sunglasses emoji. Barb Murray, <laughs> Barb Murray, Hag, ha, Barb, you, I think you have an extra A in there that's unnecessary. I'll see, you know, I mean, you can check with the government to see if you want to get that changed or not. But Barb Murray, H-A-A-G, says cold, hot, warm breakfast, lunch or dinner, all is good when it's pizza. And I, yeah, that seems to be a pretty common sentiment here. Anne DeFresne huh. Warner. Sorry, guys, I'm really bad with these names. But you know what? If you have the first name Pater, you have a whole life of payback. <laughs> You're ready to dish out as substitute teachers alone. Uh, Anne DeFresne Warner says, There is no such thing as gross pizza. That is an oxymoron crying while laughing emoji. Rachel Godal Neiman says, I mean, times are tough. You have to do what you have to do sometimes. Crying while laughing emoji slice of pizza with a little bit of cheese dripping off the side. And Douglas Bramhall says, false. I always order extra just so I have leftovers to eat cold the next day. Matt, how do you weigh in on this crucial topic? Okay, I got to be honest, Peter. uh, I'm surprised. Maybe you read them all or not. The answer is it depends. Oh my mm. goodness. Mm. If you get the wrong pizza place, it it totally depends on what wakes up. I personally yeah. love cold pizza the next day, but I don't like pizza or Domino's cold the next day. But if I'm eating at Chibo, if I'm eating at uh, Casanova Brothers and Gilbert, absolutely cold pizza the next day. It, it's absolutely, to me, a what kind of pizza. Yeah, yeah. I, I I need to go back to Anne DeFresne Warner's comment. There is no such thing as gross pizza. And sometime I could I could just spend a few dollars and introduce you to some. Yeah, <laughs> it is out there. It is out there. Uh, I would weigh in saying that it's not merely gross. I mean, I would say that it's inferior uh, for my tastes. Mm. But, you know, I hear tell... And I could be wrong about this. I hear tell that uh, our uh, pastor of worship, Jessica Garcia, prefers cold pizza. Can can anybody, what? Arian? I, I don't know if you're on microphone, but I don't know if you can confirm this or not. But uh, I think that is true. I think she prefers cold pizza, which I think is some kind of a condition, Jessica, that you should get checked out. Um, well, earlier today, Matt and I spent some time talking with Jody Bray, a mom, a high school group leader at our church, a longtime nurse, and more recently about to become a, a nurse practitioner who currently, as part of her work, has been running COVID-19 tests on people who are symptomatic. Uh, so she obviously has a particular perspective on current uh, realities, and so we wanted to talk to her about that, among other things. Here's that conversation now. 
Well, Jody, thank you for doing this, especially this weird animal where we are not actually in the room together. We can't even see each other. This is a little bit uh, bizarre. So thank you for walking out onto the skinny branches with this mm, my experiment. Pleasure. Um, so we're going to talk, um, a, a significant part of the conversation is going to involve, you know, the current situation with uh, COVID-19 and specifically, you know, your perspective on it. Um, because you have been a, a nurse for a long time and more recently uh, a nurse practitioner. Um, but before we get into that, um, can you just tell me when in life uh, you first put your faith in Jesus? Do you remember when that was? I do. I have, I have very fond memories of that. Um, I grew up in a household that had a general knowledge base of Jesus. We were Christmas and Easter church attenders, um, but we didn't really have a real diligent practice otherwise. So it wasn't until I moved to Arizona from St. Louis, and uh, I was a senior in high school, and I met this really great guy who uh, I eventually married, but he showed me that Jesus was real um, in that relationship sense. He invited mm. me to church, uh, we grew in our friendship, and I could see that that relationship was what I needed, not just the knowledge of Jesus. So before we were married, uh, we were both baptized, and then my relationship just really grew in the Lord and grew with Him. And then as we got married, boy, that's when the real growth happened. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> uh, nothing like marriage to uh, really uh, get you to grow. So yeah. um, I was I was young, and we got married young. I was only 21 years old, so I just was a little kind of a baby in my faith, and and we've just kind of grown over the years together. Hmm. Now, why did you decide to become a nurse and then later on a nurse practitioner? Mm, I love that question. So again, as a kid, I grew up in a household where uh, nursing was modeled for me. My mom um, was a nurse and she she worked at a local uh, nursing home in our area of St. Louis. She was a director of nursing. And so on snow days when we were out of school or on the weekends, I would go to work with her. And she would mm. give me little jobs. I would, um, you know, fold towels and pass ice water. And I would push, um, you know, residents in their wheelchair back and forth from their rooms. And so I just was exposed to that really young. And so, yeah, How old were you at this time? Oh, gosh, maybe seven, eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was little, like too little to stay home by myself. So she had to take me to work with her. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I got to be older and was kind of thinking about, you know, a career in life, it was just a natural transition for me, a natural decision. Um, Because I grew up, like I said, just learning that empathy component, that compassion component. And then as I got older, of course, I learned there was more to it than just that. Um, And then it's a great career for uh, a young married woman who, you know, wants to have children and also work. It, It just seemed like a real natural fit. So then second part of your question was the nurse practitioner part. Yeah. Um, it took me uh, over 20 years of nursing <laughs> to figure out that that's what mm. I wanted to do. Oh. Um, and the thing that really spurred that decision was I had been volunteering at a local medical outreach. Um, and as an RN, you know, your scope of practice is, is different. So I was doing some blood pressure screenings and blood glucose screenings. And I was watching the providers, the nurse practitioners, the physician assistants, the physicians doing more. And it seemed in that 
little outreach section that that's what was really needed, that extra level of, of practice. So I thought, gosh, you know, I've been a nurse a long time. I could do that. I think I could do that. So I went back to school and fast forward, here I am. Um, technically, I have not graduated yet. May 11th is the big day. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, Congratulations. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Wow. So like from a very early age, you were around people who had uh, failing health. Um, You must have gotten used to the idea of people dying, you know, who were there and then gone. Um, That's really interesting. I feel like that's, we can have you on again to just talk about (laughs) a perspective on that. Because as such a young age, I mean, like in this, in modern Western society, we just are not around death in the same way that people are in like uh, more impoverished or third world countries, or certainly how you know people were around death in history um, in like medieval times and, and prior to that. So that's man, that could be a whole topic. Um, but uh, I, back, getting back on track to get a little context uh, before we move forward. How many kids do mm-hmm. you guys have, and how old are they? Mm-hmm. Russ and I have four children. Our oldest daughter is twenty. We have a son, 18, another son, 16, and then our daughter is 14. Which one's your favorite? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, that whole uh, you love all your kids the same, that's a lie. (laughs) Yeah, that's not true. I I love them all dearly. Adrian and I rank every week, Jody. We just sit down and we go, okay, you're number one, you're number two, you're number three. Exactly. It depends on their behavior. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's got to be a great motivator, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so in um, in that context, um, I'm curious, before we talk about as, as it relates to your work, what kinds of thoughts have been going through your mind about COVID-19 or quarantine, anything in that ballpark as it relates specifically to being a mom? Mm-hmm. I think the, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be consistency. And this is something that you know, as parents, you learn right off the bat, you know, as newborn babies, you you try to get your kiddos on a, a schedule of consistent, you know, feedings and bedtimes and nap times. And then as they get older, you know, being consistent with their disciplining and their um, creating, you know, habits and church attendance and in the spiritual habits you have here at home. So to me, in times of uh, chaos of, you know, in times of what you don't know, you go to what you do know. And mm. we do know consistency. Uh, the way that's played out with in relation to COVID is, you know, how it's hard because things are always changing and, and um, we don't know kind of what's happening from day to day or week to week, but you just have to remain consistent. So mm. for us, that was um, listening to guidelines. I'm a real stickler for those. Uh following those guidelines in a consistent manner, no matter what, even when it's hard. (laughs) Mm. And that's where uh, being the mom part struggles because, you know, your kiddos see other kiddos, maybe not perhaps following the recommendations as, as, as we are. And then it becomes, you know, the, it's not fair, it's not fair game. And we just Mm -hmm. go back to consistency. So I've just kind of continued doing that in these times as I have pretty much our whole lives. Hmm. Now, are are you guys all under the same roof right now? We are. Uh, Benjamin, our eighteen year old son, was living at ASU in the dorms, and then he came home um, for spring break, and that's kind of when everything kind of started to get shut down. Okay. So yeah, he's back home. So now all four of us are here. 
okay. all four of the kids are here. So all six of us are here. Yes. Okay. Now, Arian sent me links to some of these family videos <laughs> that you've been putting together. Is that, is that a, a, like a recent, like uh, since quarantine began thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. What's that about? Like so what motivated <laughs> that? And yeah, tell me about um, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're great. Just... First off, um, we should give Arian some homework to put a link in like the show notes. And if you don't know how to do that, Arian, I can kind of walk you through that. But uh, to so that people can find um, these videos uh, so that they can get, <laughs> you can pause the, the podcast right now and go check out these videos. Then you'll have some context. They're great. Um, OK, so now that you've paused and done that. Uh, yeah. What, what's going on with these videos, Jody? Yeah. So um, I do have Facebook. So I. And, and Russ has Twitter. So we're really the only two people in our household that have social media. So okay. when uh, we started, this whole quarantine process started, you know, as we're kind of going through social media, I found, you know, there was a lot to say about keeping your uh, child, you know, kind of occupied, especially like the younger ones, you know, little activities you could do, you know, since school is out and we weren't really sure kind of what was happening with schoolwork. But I really didn't see anything for teenagers, like mm. nothing. Huh. <laughs> so I just got the kids together. We're I am not per se very musical at all, but my children, some of my children are very musical. So we just kind of pulled our talents together and our um, craziness and we couldn't go anywhere. So I'm like, they were kind of a captive audience. And I said, hey, let's just, you know, pick some songs and do some cutie things to it and just videotape it and see what happens. And it just kind of has evolved every week. And then, of course, we had Easter in there. So that was that was probably, in my opinion, the most fun one we did just because it was uh, Easter and we're celebrating. And um, nice. yeah, so we've just done one one every week and we've kind of just evolved as we've gone. And um, the kids, it's really neat because it's brought out some uh, secret hidden talents of some of our kids. Like oh. um, Max, my four, or 16-year-old son, he's the one who edits and puts it all together and does the clips and the music edits and the video edits. And Julia, our... Our oldest daughter, she's the one videotaping most of the time. And, um, you know, Russ and I are just being silly in the background wherever we can. And <laughs> he, he probably is the one who hates it the most. <laughs> but, uh, but he does it. He does it just because he's a good sport. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just something for fun. Keep the teenagers occupied. It really does kind of give us something to look forward to every week because I think that's too, you know, we're not getting out. We're not going to our regular things. So yeah, we, uh, we go to the driveway and film something funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jody, well, make sure like... you tell. Oh, sorry, Peter. No, no, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, Jody, make sure you tell Russ that he's my favorite to watch because I <laughs> I know that he's serving his family by doing this. <laughs> yep, yep. He is not a natural uh, camera person at all. <laughs> uh, he does great. <laughs> well, that really, I I think that really as just as speaking as a dad who has a 12 year old that's about to enter into being a teenager in the fall yes. and start junior high in the fall what those videos watching those videos i think that that really speaks to just the relationship you guys have developed with your kids over the years that they could I mean even if they are for all I know grumbling behind the scenes you know and you know you have to be prodded you know with a hot poker to yeah. get you know going either way that just the fact that they're doing that and they're able to put so much energy and life into it says something about their relationship with you guys their trust of you guys their willingness to just kind of go along you know set aside any concerns of pride or whatever yeah. you know might be hindering them normally and just enter into that with their parents. I think that's uh, really, really cool. I think that might, maybe is my favorite thing about those videos. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we've had, we've had real fun, truly. 
Not That's to say great. we haven't had some argument moments, but it's been mostly fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think I, we're all being tested in one way or another, you know, being under the <laughs> roofs uh, of, of our family, me- with our family members, you know, so much more than usual. But um, okay, so coming back to just the quarantine and the COVID-19 situation, now I'd like to hear about what kinds of thoughts have typically been going through your mind about the whole situation uh, as it relates to your work. Mm. So the intricacies of my nursing practice haven't changed. The only thing that has is the way that I deliver them. And so, again, in times of what you don't know, go to what you do know. Um, I know that patients need to be cared for. I know they need to be attended to. And I know that that's what I'm designed and wired to do. So the only thing different, really, is just you have to take a few extra steps in between there to keep everyone healthiest and safest as possible to do that. So for me, I work, um, you know, as an on-call nurse on weekends, uh, seeing patients in their homes predominantly. Mm. Um, and I do, uh, work in end of life care. I work in hospice. So it's been, it's been particularly challenging, uh, not so much in, in my nursing care for my patients, but as it is for my families. Um, a lot of families are, you know, having extra levels of anxiety, extra levels of stress on top of the regular stress that comes with end-of-life care. So um, it's just been a little bit um, trickier in that regard. Uh, But then, of course, going in and out of patients' homes, um, in and out of facilities when facilities are pretty much on lockdown to other visitors, that's just been a little bit extra trying. Um, it's required extreme amount of patience with others because uh, you have to remember that not only are patients scared, families are scared, but also other caregivers are scared. So sure. in the facilities, um, you know, it's just spent a lot of time really giving education and support to the staff so that they can then feel equipped to care for their patients, you know, when I leave. Um, so really nothing has changed in my practice. Again, just the way I deliver it has, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. I, man, I had no idea you were in hospice care. We really yeah. do need to have you on again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love. Oh, I could talk about hospice all day long. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Arian, please make a note that we got to have uh, Jody back on at some point for that. Um, for sure. Uh, so, are you. Maybe I got some misinformation. Um, I, th- yeah. I thought I heard that you are like also testing people that are symptomatic. Yep. They have COVID-19 symptoms. Yep. I'm a, I'm a nurse with my hand in many areas. So I, I did do that as well. That's not my regular nursing practice job, but that was okay. um, a volunteer opportunity that I up for. Um, so it was basically a drive-through testing center for a major company here in the Valley that was uh, testing their employees uh, to make sure that they were healthy to come, still come to work. Um, they were, they are truly essential employees um, mm-hmm. working for this large company. So their, their staff members drove through, we did their testing and then we sent that off to lab so that the um, results could come back and the employer could decide, you know, what to do from there. So we, I done that. Um, I think twice we tested, gosh, over a hundred people. Um, and it was a really great experience. I genuinely loved it. Um, mm. it was something that I, you know, hadn't done before. So I always love trying something new. I'm kind of adventurous in that regard. And, um, it was really great to see, 
you could see kind of this instant relief on people's face once they got tested. I don't know why mm. they just they just felt like okay now now I'm going to know for sure. Mm. Um, so it it was really great, and then it was really neat to see patients in a different way. You know, I'm I'm normally used to sitting with patients and talking to them for hours and really supporting them and hugging them and loving on them, and this was literally like drive up, roll your window down, do the swab window up, drive away. So hmm. it was kind of just a different uh, flow of patient care for me. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so I did do that. That's just not my paid job. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, uh, I mean, there's there's so much um, anxiety floating around among so many people about uh, exposure and things like that. Um, what is it like for you trying to trust God in the middle of your situation? Is you're, you've been testing people, you have a family at home you want to protect and take care of. I mean, is, is there no struggle internally for you or is there some, some struggle to trust God? Or what, what are you feeling and thinking and all that? That's a great question. And I would say it's not really a struggle. Um, I think because I've had so many years to develop um, you know, kind of a nursing practice that I, mm. you know, cause I've been around things that are much more infectious, much less infectious and unknown infection. Um, mm. so for me, it, it's, it really isn't that hard in nursing. We develop kind of this, uh, standard precaution type of care. So that means like when you're seeing patients and you don't know, you know, they're coming in with a chief uh, complaint and you don't know what the answer is, you treat them as if they were infectious. So mm. all nurses know this. It's kind of just this thing that you learn in nursing school and then you practice the rest of your life. So mm. because I've had many years practicing that, it it really doesn't scare me in that sense. Gotcha. Um, and so for this whole COVID thing, you know, I'm more... I'm more nervous about people who are um, just not being very wise in their discerning of information, their discerning of guidelines, they're really mm. reacting out of fear than anything. And that is what probably um, makes me a little bit more nervous than than anything else. Because um, mm. now you're added that barrier of not only do I have to tell you know help educate you into the truth of things, but now I have to help you understand you know that this is why. <laughs> so, um, it, that part gets a little tricky, but trusting God has, has not really been a struggle for me in any of my nursing, uh, practice. Uh, again, just cause I've had so many years to practice that. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I just want to say, Jody, I appreciate that about you, um, mm -hmm. watching you on staff with our, our high school students and then uh, living down the street from you and watching. I just think, you know, wisdom is the word you and I have talked about. There's a difference mm -hmm. between comfort. There's a difference between all these different words, wisdom. And so when, when you share what you just shared, I think of, of Job 12. I, I, I'll botch the verse because it's not in front of me, but it, it, it goes something to the effect of, is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not life lifelong or long life bring understanding? And I, I, I'm not saying you're old. <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying <laughs> well, is, is you. that, yeah, you're experienced and you've learned and you've paid attention and you've sought to not just be wise in your family, you and Russ partnering in that way, but to bring wisdom to others. And I just really appreciate that about you and your life. Thank you. Mm. So uh, given your perspective on all this, what, what kinds of things are you praying about these days in relationship to... COVID-19 and the quarantine? I've been praying many things, but I, I tend to settle on the same meditation, honestly, 
about every day. And my go-to verse for that is uh, out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 4. And again, it's I'll botch it too because it's not in front of me. But hmm. if you can sum up the whole, all those verses in one word, it is comfort. And it's actually praising God, who is the father of compassion and and comfort, mm. who comforts us in all of our trouble so that we can therefore comfort others in any of their troubles. That's good. And this is significant for me because it's really an underpinning of all my nursing practice and, and of my Christian faith. You know, I forgive others because I'm first forgiven. I love others because I'm first loved. I pursue others because I am pursued. So therefore I can comfort others because I'm first comforted. Mm. Um, and that's just something I I come back to, particularly when I'm frustrated or um, just angry. <laughs> Sometimes I just get straight up angry at, at, at folks. Um, so I just come back to that, you know what, they're reacting and I need to also react with comfort and I need to comfort and I can do that because I am given that comfort first. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I, I, I lie most days. That's good. How, uh, how can just your church family be praying for you? And, uh, as you think about others doing similar or, or a different kind of, uh, healthcare work, you know, at this time, how can, uh, how can we be praying for you and for people in uh, a similar, in, in your field? Mm-hmm. I would say endurance, perseverance, and strength. Um, you know, in this time where policies and procedures are ever changing, mm. uh, everyone's a little bit more stressed on every level. Uh, we're tired. <laughs> we're just tired. I mean, nursing is a tiring job anyway, but uh, when you really have to amp it up, um, you just get tired. So just for strength to continue. Um and just, you know, our usual ways of coping to refill ourselves are a little bit challenged in this time too. Mm. Um, so we just are needing to be more creative in how to refill our cup so that we can continue pouring out for others. So I would just say that that endurance to, to finish this race because it's, it's going to be a long one. And um, we can do it. We're resilient. But um, just prayers for that. It, that's what I would be requesting for sure. Okay. Great. Um, Matt, is there anything that uh, we didn't cover that you want to touch on? Oh, I'd love to talk more about Russ, but that's probably not appropriate, right? <laughs> I love Russ well, so much. I think he's a great man of God, and, and I I love seeing him dance. But other than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we can have him on, too. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> That'll sure, be another episode. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jody. I really appreciate mm. just kind of hearing your heart and, and uh, perspective. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, like I said, I definitely want to have uh, Jody on again. Um, but th- I mean, there was a lot to, to think about just in this conversation alone. Is there anything in particular, Matt, that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's my experience with with Russ and Jody consistently. Um, they're always seeking to find the middle middle way, the middle ground, the tent. The as we say in Christian life, you know, we don't want to be too dogmatic on either side. But where is where's the middle way? And there's always tension. And I always find great wisdom in Jody's heart and life. And I just think in this season, um, I've had opportunities because, again, Jody and Russ live down the street from us. So as we've been on walks as a family, we've had opportunity to uh, stand a handful of feet away from them and, and just hear about what's going on in their lives and hmm. uh, share about ours. And, and just to hear consistently 
how she's engaging with people who are on either side of the conversation. Should we not stay home? Should we? Should we uh, really follow the rules? But how, she's just been seeking wisdom in the midst of that. And I've just appreciated that so much because uh, it really is about wisdom. It's not about uh, our how we feel about it. It's not about any of those things. It's about what is um, God's chukmah, God's wisdom for us. And so I've just appreciated that about the braise and um, it just continued to come out in, in the time of just hearing Jody talk about her life and uh, growing up and watching her mom and just so, such so many good things. I, I'll, I'll stop there because there were many, but just watching a woman seek to have wisdom in her life and keep her hands on the work that God's given her to, which is just a great encouragement. Yeah, yeah. I think what stood out to me maybe a little more than anything else was uh, how she gained her sort of uh, steady, stable uh, mm. perspective on uh, the current situation and how there's not really a struggle going on for her uh, in terms of any kind of anxious thoughts because of all the experience she's had in life, all that she's been through, all all that has been revealed to her through life experience and in her walk with the Lord and... Uh, and it's just just truth, a steady dose of truth over a long period of time has prepared her for the situation that she finds herself in. And, uh, you know, as much as I would like for certain sources of um, uncertainty, anxiety in my life to have a, an instant fix, it's a mm. reminder to me, you know, as you brought up with the, the verse from Job, that like that uh, really we're going to be formed and we're going to develop wisdom, uh, not from necessarily this one revelatory moment, although we can have those, but right. from this ongoing process of sanctification and yeah. uh, and just guiding our lives based on uh, truth, on what's true. Yeah. Oh, and, I love that, Peter. It, it also reminds me of what you just said, because it, it doesn't, Proverbs, excuse me, Job doesn't say that it's automatic because of your age, but the point is that we grab onto it. It makes me think of Proverbs 4, where it talks about not forsaking wisdom, because she'll protect you. It, it calls mm. the person to love her, love wisdom. And she'll watch over you. So it is something we cultivate. And I love yeah. how you just shared that, that we could get to our 60s and our 70s and not have God's wisdom. Yeah. Or we can seek to pay attention to the spirit that embodies us and learn his ways. And so what a great reminder of Second Corinthians that she's brought up. And yeah, it's yeah. just great. Good stuff. Well, guys, that is going to be it for this episode of Living Stones. You can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook and go to rmcchurch.org slash podcast to participate in our podcast question, leave feedback for us, or leave a question for our next guest. On our next episode, we'll be talking once again with TBD, who will share about blank. I forgot to ask Arian what the plan was for next time. So, uh, again, you can go to rmcchurch.org slash podcast to submit your question for Tibid, and you may just hear it read on the next episode. In the meantime, I'm Peter Franson. That's your cue, I'm, Matt. I'm Matt Gibson. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I'm still working on some kind of alternate tagline, but you know what's going to happen as soon as I spend time figuring out what it's going to be. Then, well, quarantine will be ended, and we're going to be back to normal schedule, and I'll just go back to saying we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>